Go talk to Ant Wright. Uh, he was locked in on the draft last night. Great Twitter feed, as I mentioned, at It's Ant Wright. Uh, he joins us. And, uh, Ant, uh, when you were getting ready for the draft to start a little after 8 Michigan time last night, what were you thinking would be there for the Pistons or what they would do? And then after that first round was over and they were done, uh, what's your huge opinion on Sasser and Thompson? Um, thanks for having me on again, Hughes, man. Appreciate it. Um, when it comes to the Thompson twins, over the last few days, it pretty much came to they were going to go with a man Thompson at four and then Asar at five. And I think the biggest question in the top five was whether Charlotte was, was going to take Scoop or whether they were going to go with Brandon Miller. So they, them taking Asar uh, was not a surprise at all whatsoever. Uh, you're talking about one of the uh, biggest boom or bust prospects that I've seen in a very, very long time. Uh, they do have some flaws and some uh, habits I am we're worried about quite a bit, but they also have, um, like, he has some positives that I'm really, really high on. Like, they're going to, like, Asar is going to be a top 1%. People are going to laugh at this, but he's going to be a top 1% mobile athlete in the NBA day one. You're talking about burst, quickness, uh, quick twitch, explosiveness. They, at 6'7", 205, 210, I mean, you don't, like, it's like this dude was made in the lab. So I think right away he, he can help out from a perimeter defensive standpoint. He should do really well with cutting. He should do really well in transition. Uh, the biggest thing is his shot. I do know that he shot 40% in the playoffs, um, but at the same time, that was a pretty small sample size. He has struggled with his shot in the past, but that's one thing that he's really going to have to focus on and getting right uh, for him to be able to play beside guys like Cade and Jay Nivey. Um, then you're looking at Sasser. I I love I love Sasser's game. You're talking about a dog mentality, um, more of a microwave on the offensive end, but defensively he's a dog. Uh, he played at Houston with Kelvin Sampson, and you got to be an mf'er to play for that dude. You have to be able to be mentally strong. Um, you have to be able to be physically gifted. Uh, you have to be able to understand uh, defense point of attack. And point of it, and you know, just you know, being off the ball, just uh, fully engaged at all times. Um, he's someone who could play right away, and I think especially if the Pistons are going to move off of Killian, um, I I think Sasser is a really like extremely high floor. I'm surprised he went first. I think he's a first round value, um, but you know, he is someone who I thought was going to go early second. But getting him in the first, I have no problem with whatsoever. Um, really good player. Really, really nice player. High floor. Not that high of a ceiling, but high, high floor. Uh, who should be able to help day one? Ant Wright's helping us talk hoops after the NBA draft. It's Ant Wright. At It's Ant Wright. Uh, follow him on Twitter. Our Budweiser Folds of Honor cans, huge question of the day that I was throwing out. Uh Kobe Bufkin, Jed Howard, uh, Jet might have been the early surprise, maybe the biggest surprise, 
the side of Sasser in the first round, but I don't I agree with you. I don't think that's too shocking. But uh, Jack going a number 11 to Orlando, Kobe going 15. Who do you think has a better NBA career, Howard or Bufkin? It's so hard to say because there are because there's there's so many circumstances at play. Um, when it comes to draft surprises, I I would put Jet right up there with uh, Cam Whitmore dropping to twenty. Um, there was a reason behind Cam Whitmore dropping to twenty, but I I did not expect Jet at eleven. Uh, I thought that was a huge. Uh, that was a uh, huge surprise, especially for me and you know, others in the uh, NBA draft community. Um, Jack goes to a situation where I believe he can play more of a two guard and he could just focus on being that guy who stretches the floor, get his in two or three dribbles or less. Uh, their backcourt down there in Orlando is lacking star power. So he's, he's going to have He's going to have an opportunity right away. Uh, Cole Anthony, Markel Fultz, Jay Jalen Suggs, all good players, but their top, but their but their top talent on that team is their front court. That's with Paolo Bancaro, Franz Wagner, former Michigan guy, and uh, Wendell Carter Jr. Those guys at the at the three, four, and five have that locked down. They need they need a wing shooter, and you know, going out and get someone like. Uh, uh, Jet, who showed a lot of promise this this past year, um, you know, many fans you know didn't like the way that he played defense. But he's a freshman; he's going to go somewhere where he's going to be able to learn and now be a pro full time, where he's going to be you know held accountable and you know uh, you know he's going to be able to play alongside some a pretty good defender in Franz, um, a team that's. Well, one of the better, if not the best, youngest cores in the NBA between Franz and Paolo, he gets to join that. Uh, Caleb Houston just got drafted there last year. Mo Wagner's on the team too, you know. So that's uh, uh, four spots by by just Michigan dudes. Um, he has a really good he has a really good opportunity there, um, where they need some perimeter scoring. Now, when it comes to Kobe. His situation is a little bit different, um, pretty much opposite, where the Magic look like they're ascending and the Hawks are more in purgatory, kind of where the Pistons were several years ago, where they weren't good enough to contend, but they weren't bad enough to really get better through the draft. So he's joining a backcourt with Trey Young and DeJounte Murray, Two guys who are former All Stars recently, and they're young. These these guys aren't like Chris Paul, where they're where they're thirty something. These dudes are still in their still in their what mid twenties. Um, it's gonna be tough. I I really hope. What's gonna be nice is that he can be the a third guard there, um, but he's not gonna be able to really come into his own unless someone gets moved, whether it's Murray or it's Young and the Hawks decide to blow it up, which I would love for Kobe. Um, but Kobe's going to go to a situation where he is going up against Murray. You know, Murray's a really good defender. Uh, he will be going up against trying to guard someone like Trey, one of the quicker and, you know, savvy guards in the NBA. Um, uh, him being able to go down to, to that 
situation uh, is really going to test his maturity. Say, hey, can you still get better? Can you still be an NBA guy? Can you still get to that second contract? Even though the backcourt isn't really calling for you to do much right now, can you still slide into a role uh, to where you can show you have long-term value in the league? So I can't really say which one's going to be better or the other. I think Jet has a better situation, and I think they have two very different situations that they're going to probably approach a little bit differently. Hawks need to make some moves, but I think Jet has a chance to play right away there in Orlando. At It's Ant Wright on Twitter. Ant Wright joining us on the Rose Dumber Coffee uh, guest line. It will be interesting. Uh, the one thing I'm watching the draft last night with Greg Kelser and Tim McCormick and Morris Peterson and Herman Moore, and we're there at the Ascend Sportsbook and Nightclub at Soren Eagle in Mount Pleasant, and all of us are asking the same question. How could Juwan Howard have two top 15 picks in the NBA draft and a guy that's getting close to a million uh, going to Kansas, and this team never could find any chemistry all season long? And maybe that run they had late January, February, but... Uh, they just really seem to underachieve. And uh, when you look at last night, when you look at now where Dickinson's at, I know we talked about NIL money, I think it was last week or a couple of weeks ago, has hurt Juwan. But just having that talent and not maximizing it, it's still a head-scratcher. It's not really a head-scratcher. Um, when you look at the composition of the team, were they talented? Yes. But they had a lot of early growing pains because of their youth and, and experience. Even though they're talented guys, I mean, you know, Kobe wasn't doing what Kobe was doing in Big Ten play in non-conference. He was struggling a bit, but you could see the talent 1,000%, but he was not as efficient. He was not making the right decisions a lot of the time, Um, but you could still see the talent there, and he didn't really come on until Llewellyn went out, and then you had Doug take over as a true freshman point guard. So if you if, if you look at their rotation, um, the old guys on the team was Hunter, and then you had Terrence playing a small role, and you had Joey Baker also playing a small role. Everybody else was pretty much first-year experience. Will Cheddar's a redshirt freshman. Harris Reed, true freshman. Jed Howard, true freshman. Kobe Buckin, he, he only played, like, what, 250, 300 minutes in year one. Um, so he, so he's all of a sudden put into um, a much larger role. Um, so you, you had a team who, who had to find themselves earlier in the non-conference, and they had to go through a lot of bumps where a much older team, even though they could have been less talented, they get you through some of those games. They finish out some of those close games. They finish out a close game against North Carolina. They finish out a close game against Virginia at home. And now this and now this season looks a little bit different. Like if you look at Big Ten play, they were eleven and nine. Right? So they were actually okay in conference, even though they had what, fifteen games decided by like five points or less, and they lost twelve of them. That's youth. That's inexperience. An older team, even lesser talented wins you several of those games just on experience alone on both ends. Hey, I got to make this box out. Hey, I can't make this pass. 
hey, I need to make sure that I take care of the ball here. Hey, there's 40 seconds left in the game. There's 24 on the shot clock. I got to make sure that we run this play or we run the correct play. I got to get this rebound. A lot of these times, these guys are learning. Almost every single game, something else happened that usually a more experienced team has dealt with these situations multiple times. It wasn't a talent issue. It was a youth and and experience issue that they had to kind of get through. And that's why you kind of saw them. They they started to – they looked like a – like a tournament team late, they lacked a tournament team resume. And that resume was lacking due to the early lumps and bruises they took as they were growing um, as a team and, you know, getting through um, the end of the season. And right. So it's not really a big thing. Yeah, I know, man. It's, it's, uh, I think it's a big year for Juwan Howard coming up. Uh, he doesn't have to win the Big Ten, doesn't have to – and it'll go to the Sweet 16, but just get the team back into the tournament, have them be competitive start to finish in the Big Ten. We'll see how it plays out. Follow this gentleman, Ant Wright. It's Ant Wright, at It's Ant Wright on Twitter. My man, great talking with you. Enjoy the family. I love the I love the soccer photos and videos of your son, your little guy. It's hilarious. Hey, man, he's, he's so funny, man. He I is. appreciate you. All right, well, yeah, uh, back at you, man. We'll talk soon. Uh, Ant Wright joining us, yeah. You know, and he's when when you see someone like the first day the kid's born, there's the photo. And then he started when kids try and figure out soccer when they're young. That was one of the funnest years in sports ever. They don't know what they're doing. They're running around. It's just really good stuff.